Hello and welcome to the sixth, sixth, what, how is that supposed to be pronounced? Okay, to the sixth. episode six of our podcast, Yasp, short for yet another shitty podcast. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Ali, I'm Ami Reza, and uh, we are joined by our frequent guest, uh, Soheil. Hello. Soheil, say hello. <laughs> Hi, hello. <laughs> Okay, uh, before we start talking about the topic that uh, this episode is uh, dedicated to, which is the works and the character of Seth MacFarlane, most famously known for Family Guy, uh, we woke up with a very saddening and tragic news this morning, and that was the death of arguably one of the best uh, composers of uh, movies, uh, Ennio Morricone. To some, he might be the best music producer ever. I think I personally yeah. find him the best music producer according to my taste. And, uh, me too. Uh, I, I think he is the best movie composer ever was. And with respect to John Williams and others, but I don't think there is anyone better than him when you look at his work. Yeah, I think um, you guys... Um said it all but yeah he made so many great musics for so many great movies that um sometimes the music um makes more the, memorable yeah like you as soon as you hear the music you know okay this is that movie for me it was like uh, cinema paradiso that is my favorite movie that's oh, my yeah. favorite uh, <laughs> soundtrack that he made um but there are so many great ones and hey, it was just uh, I... really sad mm-hmm. news to hear yeah I think personally, I uh, prefer his uh, 60s era uh, spaghetti western movie soundtracks like. Uh, yeah, yeah. The good, the, yeah. About the, the good, ugly, the bad, and the, the ugly. The yeah, West. exactly. Uh, those soundtracks are like. They define something beyond a genre or even a format. To me, they just exactly. beyond a taste of living in a way. It's just. It. Uh, it really I mean, transcends everything in a way. Yeah, ecstasy of gold. I mean, look at ecstasy of gold that even um, Metallica played the cover of it. It's a movie soundtrack. It was made for a movie. Yeah. And, and what sets him apart for me is that I know uh, all music composers have a an eclectic uh range of uh works that uh they have produced over the years but to me i don't know why but i just find the range of the things he has composed a little bit more uh broad broader or just you know it's to me it uh, covers more places at least emotionally i mean when i listen to cinema paradiso it's kind of like a different world from what you hear on uh for a fistful of dollars and yet from like listening to them for only 10 minutes 10 seconds you can know that this guy uh has a style and it's completely distinct from other yeah. ones but nevertheless it's just the range is amazing to me i mean you look at it this way how can the man who gave us one of the more uh, show uh, soundtracks like the good the bad and the ugly which I mean, when you think of Westerns, 
your mind, I think, goes to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then you have something about the feminine uh, charm and lust in Malena. Like. Both playful yeah. and emotional. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't say that about many composers. Yeah, he yeah. he also did so many great ones in a such short period. Like, uh, yeah, it wasn't like for him. Oh, that yeah, it takes him many years to make something. In the sixties, like every year, maybe he had a great movie, like A Fistful of Dollars. Uh, or, or, I yeah, think, I think the, he's uh, been involved in good five hundred movies. Yeah, yeah, and he was just like all of them in very, very like year after year, he came up with something great again. It is just. I mean, I personally yeah. don't think that we have ever had a composer that the name of was more prominent or important than the director, like the <laughs> yeah uh, the <laughs> the, po- the poster for the I'm movie would just emphasize out. his uh, participation in this uh, in the production of the movie. That is, that just shows and says uh, more than anything else I can say about this. Man. I mean. You look at any other form of uh, subgenre, any other cultural movement in cinema. You always talk about the directors. You talk about French New Wave. You talk about uh, the asshole Godard or the Truffaut. <laughs> and, uh... So we're beginning our offense. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, starting to offense other people. Okay. Yeah. Offend But, other um, people. Okay. Yeah. But I mean. No other, I think, uh, cultural movement in cinema has a composer attached to it, like Ennio Morricone with Spaghetti Western. You can yeah, talk about Sergio Leone, you can talk about Sergio Corbucci, Sergio Salima. Lots of Sergios made Western in the 60s, <laughs> that's the thing. But, but you have the name of Ennio Morricone just... there even though he wasn't the only one that made soundtracks back then for them you have Louis Bakalov and people like that but Ennio Morricone is just there when you want to talk about spaghetti western you cannot not talk about yeah Ennio he Morricone. has a bigger than life existence it just can't be contained uh, yeah. as just a composer he is more than that and yeah. uh yeah. Yeah, it was just pretty sad. I mean, and uh, he wasn't, like, young. It wasn't tragic in that sense. But nevertheless, yeah. some people, you're just happy to be living on a planet that they are also inhibiting. And when you lose that, it's kind of like you lose some hope uh, in humanity. Yeah, exactly. At least that's how I feel. Exactly, yeah. I, I think I one, the of the, yeah, one of the most tragic things in his lifetime was that he wasn't, even given uh, an Oscar until for, like, until Hateful he... Eight. Yeah, like, in yeah. 2007, yeah. he was just recognized for a lifetime achievement or something like that, and 2015, he got a he got an Oscar for Hateful Eight. And it's just cruel, in my well, opinion. I mean, the Oscar for Hateful Eight was more, I think, a courtesy thing. Like, it's really embarrassing if we don't give it to him now. <laughs> yeah, it just... <laughs> It was long overdue, long overdue. Like, yeah. I mean, there is a thing that 
apparently he was supposed to be nominated for Once Upon a Time in America, which has one of the best soundtracks ever. And for some reason, he was uh, lost in paperwork, apparently. (laughs) Which is stupid. And, okay, not for Once Upon a Time in America. What about The Mission? Or any of his 60s Spaghetti Western work? Okay, Spaghetti Western is not high art back then. It's very... um, low budget and not a lot of people like them in the 60s okay what yeah. about his work in the 70s untouchables malena uh, cinema paradiso none of them <laughs> yeah it's just sometimes i think people are really right when they kind of hate and just dis- are just disgusted by uh, the oscars and academy yeah Oscars. i mean they have had a very questionable uh <laughs> history in the oh, wars yeah. they I mean, to be honest, one of the things that is sort of topical with what's going on in America is that the movie Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. it, uh, the supporting actress in that movie was a black woman and she won an Oscar but wasn't invited to the ceremony. <laughs> wow. My <laughs> laughter was yeah. tragic. Not, I mean, I was just, just shocked. Wow, that is... Yeah. Just one last comment for those of you who don't know Ennio Morricone is and why we are talking like this. If you like Hans Zimmer, if you like Ramin Javadi, definitely check out Ennio Morricone and you realize why we are talking about the guy's influence. Because without Ennio Morricone, Hans Zimmer wouldn't have anything to stand on. Yeah. Uh, standing on the shoulder of giants and I think... Yeah. In the realm of composition for movies, he is the first giant that others have stood upon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you think about them, Ennio Morricone and John Williams are like the cornerstones. These are the pinnacles. These are the ones you look up and then see who they influence their way. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time to move on to Seth MacFarlane. Uh, the man... I think that most people know from Stewie. I think his most famous persona and uh, voice acting character is Stewie. I'm I'm not sure, but I think he's even more uh, famous than uh, Peter Griffin. Yeah, yeah. He, he is more memeable. Yeah, and uh, many people that have never like watched a single episode of uh, Family Guy in its entirety, I'm pretty sure they have seen like those short clips on uh, Instagram and places like that. And they usually tend to be about Stewie because he's, like you said, it's more presentable or likable or memeable in a way. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I think, I mean, we are going to talk about more in depth, yeah. but the success of Stewie actually to some point stunned Seth MacFarlane, in my opinion. He has tried bringing Stewie-like characters in all of his other work mm. and oftentimes changing characters to, so that they become more like Stewie. Yeah, but uh, before we go there, I think we should first talk about uh, where Seth started his career. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. From what I know, which is not saying much, but uh, from what I know, he actually made another animated series called Larry and someone else, which was about a dog 
and a which for those of you who know his work is Peter Griffin and Brian now. But yeah, he went yeah, to I've Fox. Yeah. yeah, he went to Fox and gave them this concept, and they say, "Well, we have Simpsons, and Simpson makes a lot of money. Can you make something like the Simpsons?" <laughs> and so he Family Guy. And for those of you who don't know, Family Guy actually got cancelled twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think he has studied uh, graphic design, right? Yeah. He, uh, yeah, I think he know he has he majored, majored in graphic design, and uh, he used to work for Hanna Barbera, I guess, if I'm not mistaken. I think in the very early years, yeah, he was. Yeah, he the... was working for. I I'll have to check Wikipedia, but I'm pretty sure because there was this video about him on YouTube, and uh, I think he was uh, part of Hanna Barbera. And if you don't know what company Hanna Barbera is, uh, well, it, I think it's no more, but. Uh, they are. It's the. It's a company created by the uh, creators of Tom and Jerry, something yeah. Hannah yeah. and something Barbara, and uh, they are responsible for some of the uh, early animated stuff like Yogi and well Tom and Jerry and. Uh, uh, no, even after that, Hannah Barbara brought us uh, Dexter's Laboratory and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Scooby Doo for very. Scooby Doo, yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, the millennials uh, were just they grew up with these cartoons it's something yeah. that influenced us more than anything i mean yeah. gen z might um, not know them and they are more uh inclined I towards cartoon tom network no they know I tom and jerry but Larry. but dexter's lab- laboratory it's not as impactful on them as like i don't know yeah, uh, yeah. as a regular show is i mean they were uh, phineas and Ferb. For example, yeah, and uh, well, I'm I don't know about the uh, kid shows of these days, but I think year after year they're getting a little more skeptical and cynical, and I'm kind of afraid for <laughs> yeah. the children. I mean, <laughs> we used to have really decent shows with good and bad characters, like because when you're like six, you don't need to know there are gray characters as much as you do when you're 25 well, uh... and when you present a kid with uh, characters that are just like you can't take a side upon you, the kid is gonna grow up like pretty messed up i think i mean when i was six or seven i watched full jackets and i am a well-adjusted man am i not i don't I don't really think so. I think I think it just actually explains a lot of uh, a lot of what you have in your personality. <laughs> and may I ask yeah, but, who uh, showed you that because about... I don't think you just stumbled upon that movie well, by accident. Uh, to be honest, yeah, Iranian TV showed me that. Oh, yeah. Great. It was on <laughs> Channel 4 and I watched it. And for those of you who can't see me, I am a bit overweight to say it mildly i'm fat and mm-hmm. there is a scene in that movie where they beat up the fat guy <laughs> oh, yeah they put soap in towels and they beat him senseless. beat the hell out of him yeah yeah and you can imagine what it felt like being a well fat kid watching that <laughs> <laughs> wow oh yeah that's what you get Anyways, from watching Channel 4. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, going back to uh, Hannibal, Hannibal, I mean, compared to other uh, styles of animation of that era, you know, Fox and uh, Disney, Hannibal was more, uh, to say it mildly, uh, cheap. Uh, they, yeah, uh, I think so too. I mean, uh, I think it was like. Uh... On the same level with uh, Nickelodeon, or maybe even less than that, I'm not sure. Uh, I would say less than that, because uh, Nickelodeon, when Nickelodeon started, Hanna-Barbera was well in, in the way. But for better examples, look at Scooby-Doo, the original Scooby-Doo. Look yeah, how it's... cheap it is. <laughs> yeah, it's they just... Are... I think... Uh... Because those uh, the founders of the company were like old school animators, I think uh, yeah. they moved a little slower than other people towards new methods of creating animation. And that's just, uh, you know, an extrapolation. I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. But yeah, I think I mean... that might have been a contributing factor, of course, along with budget uh, considerations. Yeah, I mean, the thing is they were more cheaper than other forms of animation uh, which meant a lot of repeating backgrounds a lot of conserving yeah. frames and stuff like that which and even the movements were like a little <laughs> awkward yeah because uh, they just didn't have enough money or time or effort or anything to <laughs> add yeah. more frames but let's but just it, not digress. Yeah. That's where Seth started as an animator and a writer on a few shows. I just, I, yeah. as we were talking, I had some time to uh, check the Wikipedia page. And uh, he actually uh, wrote as a storyboard uh, animator and also uh, a writer for uh, those shows, which uh, I'm pretty sure has helped him. Uh, in the later stages of his career. Yeah, like you were saying, um, Dexter's Laboratory, that's one of the shows that he actually um, worked on. And um, yeah. I think... It was more than one... just, a, the, just an animator. Yeah, and that's one. And also um, Johnny Bravo, the... Yeah, yeah, the Johnny Bravo. Oh, yeah, Johnny Bravo. These two yeah. Were, like, I think they were the two that he was um, mostly um, working on before starting Family Guy. Yeah, I think uh, even uh, after he started Family Guy, yeah, up until like 2003 and four, he was still involved with those projects. Uh, he oh, didn't yeah. stop working on them. And there is another thing I think we should all discuss about Seth MacFarlane is that he is a huge Star Trek fan. Oh yeah, he's important. a Trekian through and through. Yeah. yeah. He's actually, he appeared in one of the uh, Star Trek shows. I don't remember which one uh, is in one scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's a 2008-ish uh, Star Trek. It, it, it has an E, something Enterprise. like that, Explore. In, oh, yeah, Enterprise. I think it's Enterprise. I think it's Enterprise, we, if my memory serves very, me right. It's a very bad show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a very shitty show. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, he later will uh, go on in his career to make a parody in some sense or a comic, more comically 
oriented uh, rendition of uh, Star Trek in the TV show The Orville, which we will talk about later. Yeah, but I think it's, it's best uh, we start it's not from Family very Guy. Comedic, by the way. Yeah, mm. uh, we'll talk about Orville later. But there is also this thing that you will see a lot of jokes about Star Trek, and in Family Guy, uh, you can see that they made fun of Star Wars. Yeah, they had they like uh, I think they had a three special, six episodes. Yeah, three, no, two. They had three. They had three special. Episodes. Three specials so, so that like, are uh, two episodes each, right? Oh, yeah, I think they were like forty-minute episodes. Yeah. They aired. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, and they are but the the, show... uh, the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, yeah, original exactly. trilogy. Nobody and the funny the, uh... thing is that they're saying um, the second one of those episodes is the best one, which <laughs> lots of people <laughs> say that is the best of Star Wars as well. So even the parodies yeah. are as good as the movies themselves. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the thing you realize watching his work is that the show that is constantly referenced is Star Trek. Whether it's yeah. cast members that are brought in, like in American Dad, Patrick Stewart, for those yeah, of you he's who... he's the who... head of CIA. <laughs> Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> head of CIA is a British guy. I mean... And he's an that idiot is... at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, if CIA actually has a manager like that, boy, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Something about these uh, these things that they do that uh, they have some people that are really unnecessary to put in his shows to voice some minor characters. And one of them is like Patrick Stewart. And another one is... Adam West, that he's the yeah. mayor. Oh, yeah. Adam West, the old Batman. Adam West. <laughs> yeah. yeah and and Carrie He was the Fisher. mayor. Carrie Fisher uh, was also. I mean, I, but I think amongst all of these people, no one has quite got a beating. Uh, I mean, it's masochistic at this point, I think, as Mila Kunis. I mean, why would you continue <laughs> voicing this piece of shit yeah. character? It's just, it's so yeah. bad. It's. You know, there's bad that you can't like, and then there's bad that it's so bad you like it, and there's bad that you just, you can't comprehend. And Mila Kunis in this role goes to that third category. It's just so bad that it shouldn't exist, not even as a parody, not as a critique. It's just, wow, an anomaly. Yeah, and and, uh, to have one of the prettiest actresses of Hollywood voice that character. I think she actually <laughs> sounds very nice too. I mean, her voice yeah. is really good. And, and by uh, the way, well, she wasn't the original Meg, by the way. I know. I don't know if you. No, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. The original yeah, Meg yeah. Uh, was his sister. Uh, the in the pilot episode, it was yeah. the Seth MacFarlane's yeah. sister, and I don't know someone else replaced her for. Then a few it was episodes. Lindsay Kaplan, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not, I'm not good sure with the that. names. For the, <laughs> yeah, for the first season, was someone else. Then season two onward, we have. Yeah, and uh, the reason Meg is what she is is because she is the first female characters that the designers uh, tried to create, and they were not quite good at, I guess, animating oh, yeah. and drawing female characters, and that's what created her. And, yeah, uh, and uh, they just stick with the joke because Lois isn't 
better either. I mean, before we go on, let's just talk about who these characters are. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, let's just an introductory section of yeah. our podcast. Uh, I think you should yeah. do that. Family Guy. Well, Family Guy, for those of you who don't know, is a 1999 show. It started in 1999, and uh, it tells the story. It's a very Simpsons-like story. There is a father who's a fat idiot called Peter Griffin. He has a, well, if you, if you take the show's word, she's not that in my eyes, but she has a hot wife called Lois. They have mm-hmm. a, their first kid is Meg, which is a girl. And I mean, originally she was supposed to be like the spoiled kid for Peter, because I don't know if you remember or not. He used to really like her, but then at some point they realize it's funnier if she becomes this hated member of the family. Yeah. I don't know why. Then you have the second kid who is also an idiot, Chris, which is voiced by Seth Green. <laughs> yeah. <is> weird. <laughs> and, uh, but it was a good job. The... Yeah, yeah, he does a great job. Then you have the... Uh, smallest kid who is a baby he's been a baby for the last uh, 21 years <laughs> no, 31 years uh, yeah it's uh, no it's 21 years it's 21 yeah uh, oh, I yeah, think that's years. a good decision you made not becoming an engineer I mean <laughs> yeah. sticking to arts was a great decision <laughs> fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and then there is a dog who is a uh, who is literally Seth MacFarlane himself? He doesn't yeah, change his voice. Put it himself. Just, the character. Uh, he has said many times himself that uh, he uh, he thinks of himself as Brian or the other way around. Yeah, they live in a town called Quahog. There are yeah. some other characters. As I, said, I think, you should talk about Quagmire and uh, oh yeah, Joe yeah, yeah. and Cleveland and because these Cleveland. three characters, yeah, are really important yeah they are peter's friends quagmire is a sexaholic womanizer womanizer who has who is also a pilot kinky character yeah who's also a pilot he's a kinky character you know he makes all the sex jokes and stuff like that all right giggity (laughs) (laughs) there is a very antiquated part of the show they don't do it as much anymore that well that's quagmire it's quagmire Quagmire, you never really know what you're gonna do next. It's Quagmire, Quagmire. <laughs> Let's have sex. <laughs> you yeah. should know I watched a lot of Family Guy and I watched a, a lot of it on a repeat. So I know that, a lot of this that. Shit. That is completely evident. Yeah. <laughs> then there is the other neighbor, uh, Joe, who is a cop. Yeah, he is crippled. Also handicapped yeah yeah and i think even handicapped is not pc anymore there's this other uh physically uh, challenged or differently able differently able yeah differently able yeah mm. and as george carlin put it all people are differently able. <laughs> every human being is differently able okay yeah. uh, the joke about joe is that well since his legs don't work he works on his upper body strength so he's like this very cartoony looking guy that is 
muscular and big uh, yeah, arms he's a and stuff on the top. Yeah. And then there is Cleveland, who is the uh, token black character. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the running gag he's... about him is that he's, uh, whenever he's bad, uh, the building crumbles in a way and he just goes oh, like, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> and he just falls down from yeah. the second floor. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think Cleveland was one of the uh, least developed characters on the show when it started. He was just yeah. a black guy. Yeah, I don't even but know then why later, he existed. Yeah, because he was a black guy. and I think in 1999, I mean, that wasn't a big issue. I mean, he wasn't forced to do that, I think. No, he, at some point, I think he needed to do that. And at some point, I think he just wanted it because... I mean, South Park literally called the black character token. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's important to know that uh, Seth MacFarlane is a left-leaning uh, person, uh, politically speaking. He's a Democrat and he's uh, a yeah. feminist, at least sympathizer. He, I don't think he's a feminist, but he's one of those guys that supports feminism, at least vocally. Yeah. But uh, there's this episode in Family he's Guy. He's very uh, leftist. He's radically leftist in some areas, which, I mean, he keeps it under control very well. Yeah. But, but I think uh, Brian, one thing I Brian wanted to talk about, exactly bit. Brian, yeah. Because Brian like ha- goes through different phases uh, throughout the show, and in the beginning, uh, he's like the voice of reason in an in in like an asylum mental ward because all the other characters are either really stupid or just hysteric, and he's like the voice of reason, the character that just like uh, tells what the viewer would like these characters to be told. And uh, yeah. after a while, he becomes a little too liberal, like the the caric the caricature of a liberal liberal person like everything that is wrong and yeah. I personally used to think that it's just a pa- it's a critique it's like uh it's subversion of those people but then I realized uh for a period uh, Seth MacFarlane himself had fallen into that trap of thinking idiotically and uh I don't know radically like that like thinking in terms uh thinking in term in like um, really he, simple terms about really complicated issues and becoming a little preachy in a way yeah i mean one of the episodes that i sort of remember not very much liking is the rush limba episode i don't know if anyone remembers that mm, you should uh elaborate uh, brian becomes a sort of a a conservative Republican after listening to Rush Limbaugh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Which, I mean, to be honest, the reason I think Family Guy is not a political show. It tries to be, but whenever it goes overtly political, it becomes idiotic. And I think it wasn't the intention of the creator, but yeah, because of its failure to be political, it actually sometimes becomes a good satire because uh, it yeah. it does it so bad that 
for a viewer that doesn't know what's going on, they think that it's intentionally so bad so you would like uh, distance <laughs> yourself from politics and see it as ridiculous as it is. But it's sad that he kind of was serious uh, for yeah, a short period at least. <laughs> yeah. Now let's he was talk about seriously the, an idiot. Uh, yeah. Now let's talk about something I like to call the downfall of Family Guy. For like six years in this 21 years, uh, Family Guy was unbearable. And I do mean unbearable. Like totally am on the same page with you on this one because yeah, it, yeah. the period you're talking about I would like download the episodes watch them and as I was watching them I was either like playing a video game or doing something else because they were just so deprived of any material that was like valuable in any sense yeah exactly and the ball but I is think before you 2012 you can... to 2018 I think before we can talk uh, about this, uh, you have to establish uh, a an understanding of what this show is and how it works for the listeners before they can understand what went wrong. So, yeah, the structure of the The show, if you will, in Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, the comedy in Family Guy. You have the well, uh, sort of a cliche sitcom. You have an A story and you have a B story. And yeah. uh, they are very simple and stuff like that. The comedy of Family Guy comes in the form of either cutaways, which are... A lot of them. Yeah, which South Park made fun of <laughs> yeah. a lot. You know, you think that's bad. Yeah. And they are some of them that I can agree. Like, why are we having a cutaway like this? But the other side of Family Guy comedy is shock humor. He wants to shock you with, well, shocking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And the shocking things are not just like visual, because visually it's sometimes really shocking, really disgusting, like a lot of puke, a lot of blood, a lot of mucus, a lot of any bodily fluid that shouldn't be uh, displayed in that amount. And they're One actually the, vomiting uh, uh, jokes on this show. Like, they vomit so much, exactly. the, the furniture start floating. And there is a joke, there's a scene that even they reference it a lot, where they drink a lot of drugs Epicac. and start Epicac, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Epicac episode. And, like, yeah. there's this, uh, there was this, I think it was, like, a few years ago, and Stewie started, like, crying, and his nose got runny, and a lot of, oh, yeah, I don't know yeah. what to call yeah. it, <laughs> a lot of green snot, mucus, and snot, and phlegm just came running yeah. down, and he started <laughs> hugging Brian, and he was just all over yeah. the place, it was, it was extremely yeah. funny, and at the same time, cringe, like, the definition of cringe humor. And uh, I had uh, that is the whole comedy of Family Guy in very simple terms. It's yeah, shocking, and you laugh at the shock. Now, uh, what it's makes really it not intelligent? Than, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, if you want comedy that, if, for example, you look at something and uh, it just makes you laugh by uh, the jokes. 
you should go to South Park or Simpsons. Family Guy is the sort of the show that has moments, but those moments are, well, not very established, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, they just make very um, short jokes that it we just laugh, you laugh for a second and then it just goes away. And the, it's not like yeah. the each episode has a very... Um, and a story that like you want to follow oh, very closely, story, yeah. yeah. Just okay, so what happens next? It's just that and a series the, of jokes that's happening. Uh, the funny yeah. thing, I mean, the ironic thing about this show is that, well, up until social media, it was always bashed by some members of the uh, criticism community that it's just like incoherent, yeah. there are a lot of cutaways. But now it has worked in the favor of the show. I'm not saying it's a good thing, I'm just saying that. When you can put like one minute uh, cutaways of uh, Family Guy and genuinely make people laugh when they're scrolling uh, their Instagram feeds or, I don't know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of a good public publicity. I mean, uh, a lot of people, I know a lot of people that haven't watched a single episode of Family Guy, but are kind of like familiar with all the characters and they have a basic understanding of what they do, and I can't say the same for like any other uh, TV show or cartoon or anything. Yeah, I mean, people talk about Simpsons, and Simpsons is that you need to watch the whole episode. In Family yeah. Guy, you, don't you really don't to. need to do that. Yeah, and again, you can say that this is a bad thing and it's stupid. It's intel, and it's not intelligence. It's devoid of any meaning. But if you look at it as something that's just trying to make you laugh, I think it's yeah. doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's a bad thing. It's just how they do it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, well, then we came to 2012. As, I, as you mentioned, social media really loved uh, Family Guy. And so Fox actually canceled Family Guy and then bring it back when it saw how many people really liked it. On social media, yeah. and I think um, one of the reasons they brought it back is because of all of the um, rewatches that it had um, on different yeah. platforms. That they said, "Oh well, the, when now we cancel it, people are just rewatching the older episodes, so they just bring it back." I think it was the second time that um, they canceled it. Yeah, but then there is the 2012 to 2018 era, which is. Uh, Staying as I said, in the history of the, of the show. Yeah, as I said, a lot of the comedy is in the shock value, but the problem with shock comedy is that... You have to top yourself every time. <laughs> yeah, it's not consistently funny. Yeah. Sometimes it's just shocking for the sake of shocking, and so it's not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then again, uh, I mean, what was shocking 10 years ago? or like even five oh, yeah. years ago it's... is not shocking today. And uh, a lot of uh, newcomers have joined the stage with Family Guy. Like, uh, I think uh, Rick and Morty really raised the bar in uh, what defines shocking uh, in the yeah. past few yeah. years. I mean, you really can't be the same Family Guy after a few years of Rick and Morty. You have to just become even more shocking, more violent, more more whatever. And uh, in some way, I think they, they couldn't keep up. Yeah, exactly. 
But what I think saved the show is that around 2018, I remember it was the Emmy episode, which they were trying to get an Emmy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, that episode was funny from start to finish. And it was something that, to be honest, at that point, I wasn't expecting from Family Guy. Yeah. And uh... Uh, yeah, after that, it just became like the good old days. Not yeah, trying like... to overly be shocking. It didn't me. zoom to stardom again, but uh, it was just gradually, no. step by step, going back to its, uh, like, to its home, to where it belonged. Yeah, which is more than I can say for The Simpsons. Because uh, for those no. of you who don't know, Simpsons is unwatchable. They had Jeremy <laughs> Irons in one of the episodes, and I watched only that episode. And even that episode uh, didn't really get me to yes, watch the show. The Simpsons has become like... Uh... I don't know what to say. It's like uh, when you look at a mountain, there are many layers to it that without them, the mountain wouldn't exist. But if you try to cut into the mountain to see the different layers, you kind of, uh, you have to be like a, I don't know, an archaeologist or something for the normal human being. It, it's stupid and meaningless. And of course, none of this would have been possible I mean, without The Simpsons, but these days it's just lost its edge. Yeah, and, and I think, think, I think, uh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I just wanted to say, uh, <laughs> there, there are lots of talks about The Simpsons. I'm, of course, there are lots of people who are watching it, but right now, actually, there are lots of people who haven't watched an episode, but there are lots of these, um, articles and everything about how they're predicting everything and <laughs> lots oh, yeah, of people yeah, are just yeah. talking oh, yeah. about simpsons because of that and i don't know 90 yeah, percent of them are meme. fake yeah they're just like yeah other people faking that oh yeah Did... it was an episode but <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just photoshop it's just someone just drew out of yeah. context <laughs> one thing i think we should talk about uh regarding family guy is character development and because it's a simple sitcom oh yeah the characters don't really have backgrounds in the traditional sense or anything like emotional arcs or anything but uh as we mentioned brian goes through a few phases other than uh peter which is i think uh, peter and chris chris yeah, also been, doesn't change very much they're persistent characters like uh they haven't changed that much because they're just idiots but uh, one of the yeah. biggest differences uh i mean stewie undergoes one of the biggest differences in the first yeah. few seasons he's this genius uh evil Want character that his is, mother. yeah it's just like uh he has a complex like <laughs> it's really weird yeah. and he has this uh evil even more evil twin that is just like trying to <laughs> overthrow yeah. his uh, yeah bertram and he's like, in the first few seasons, like, damn you. And he, even he, the way he talks. New wild uh, woman. New wild woman. I shall destroy. I mean, he talks like, uh, like a Star Trek villain character. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then he transforms really into this. Please don't, please don't bring down Star Trek villains to that level. No, I'm not <laughs> bringing. <laughs> no, I mean. No, it's... I know, I know. I'm joking. <laughs> 
he he's sort of a James Bond villain with all the gadgets and stuff like that. Yeah. But but then he he just go undergoes surgery in a way, like becomes completely different in a really short span of time, and uh, he becomes the yeah um... the gay <laughs> weird <laughs> semi British semi American. I don't know, kinky, yeah. quirky, <laughs> uh, he becomes, awkward. He becomes sort of, and we talked about it in the Archer episode, he mm. becomes Krieger. He literally becomes Krieger. <laughs> he makes yeah, gadgets yeah. and goes on side adventures that are usually overtly fantastical. Yeah, but... I think some of the best episodes of this series are uh, Brian's two episodes. And, uh, of course, I think the most famous one is uh, the Multiverse episode. And I think that's the highest rated. I think 9 point whatever in IMDb. Exactly. It's just a fan favorite. For most of the lists that they make, it's always uh, on top that this is the best episode um, they've ever made. Yeah. I yeah, which is a good the, episode. They made it's the a... game out of that, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, uh, an Xbox 360 and PS3 game that I have played and finished, and it was awful. It was, I mean, <laughs> I mean, have there been any good video games from cartoons other than I think the uh, the first uh, South Park, yeah. Stick of Truth. The first Stick of Truth, yeah. Yeah, that was. Aside bad. from that, was that really I don't good. think so. Yeah, and so. uh, well, they they're just. The merge for the uh, popularity of the show. I mean, there's yeah. South Park. You sell T-shirts. You sell car keys. You sell, I don't know, <laughs> anything. And then you sell video games because just people are gonna buy it. I mean, enough people are yeah. gonna buy it that it becomes a a profit. You know, profit it brings profit. Them. Yeah, yeah profitable. And they uh, even recently they released the American Dad game. I've seen. It's advertises everywhere on iOS. Um, it's like, but I think those are premium games that bring a lot of money. I mean, we have, yeah, exactly. Because you're saying for the money, that's just for the sake of the money. Yeah, that that, that uh, I mean, before uh, freemium games uh, on mobile platforms, they used to do PS2 and PS1 cheap bullshit <laughs> video <laughs> games uh, yeah. developed by really shitty studios but now that we have uh, the App Store and the Google Play Store we can release really 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 bad games like uh, management games or city building games that are themed yeah. like Futurama uh, The Simpsons South Park whatever at least South Park tries to keep its dignity a little bit more intact in the approach they have <laughs> because but, they made fun of these games like they yeah. made a whole episode about but how... nevertheless even the south park game is still pretty much it, it yeah they tries want to, you to buy stuff, yeah, yeah. Spin. yeah so um talking about family guy i think that we need to make a segue uh, yeah into american in, dad uh, no i wanted to say cleveland show because Oh, As I said, yeah. Cleveland spin-off. Yeah, Cleveland show was a spin-off, and the show itself makes fun of the fact that Cleveland is getting a spin-off. One of the cutaways I remember is that 
everyone thought Quagmire was going to get it. <laughs> yeah, and because... I, I have to be honest, I personally think the show was so bad. I mean, I was at the height of my Family Guy fandom that I uh, that this show started, got released. I mean, they started making it. And yeah. I yeah. couldn't endure more than like half the first season. I, I even stopped watching after a few episodes from the first season. I was like, what is the point of this thing? Why did they make him a standalone uh, show? Why? Yeah, and the problem with Cleveland show is that it wants to be a family guy. It literally wants to be family guy. I, I think the problem is easier. And the problem is that it does not have a reason to exist in any way. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think money. Cleveland should be a side character that he is right now. It doesn't have the, the only... capacity yeah. to become its yeah. own show. And they tried to like uh, put a bear character in it and his workplace and everything. But it was just like yeah. a TLC for uh, family. It could have been like a, a short arc in a season, like give him three episodes and that would have been more than enough. And the only good thing that came along with this uh, adventure into a spinoff, I think, uh, is the family of Cleveland and his sons. I mean, the chubby little one is really funny, in my opinion. Yeah, the Cleveland Jr. Yeah, the one that talks yeah, yeah. like really <laughs> weird. The weird one. Yeah. <laughs> And the episode what? that uh, Peter commits a hate crime again <laughs> is oh, still yeah. unknowing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh, well, for those of you who don't know, Cleveland show was a major failure. And after a while, they just canceled it and brought Cleveland back into Family Guy. But this to no one's surprised, though. I mean, if anyone yeah. thought it's going to be a success, they were like, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, and uh, so that's it. That's the whole thing about Cleveland Show. Now let's talk about Seth MacFarlane's other big show. Which... American Dad. Yeah, American Dad, which is the story of a CIA operative by the name of Stan. Who is Stan a... Smith. Stan Smith, yes. If there ever was an American name, it's Stan Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Hmm. most generic um, name out there yeah and he's a Republican uh, meathead he uh, works for CIA he has a blonde uh, ditzy wife called Francine <laughs> I, I, yeah. I know I, it sounds like I'm being sexy watch the show it's literally a blonde ditzy character yeah and they have an activist uh, daughter named Haley, who is modeled after Rob Reiner's character in All in the Family. Yeah, and she has a boyfriend named Jeff, which Jeff. is like, like the quintessential <laughs> picture of a hippie, like the most stereotypical picture of a hippie you could yeah. put. And the nevertheless, it's true. Yeah, it's true, yeah, at man. least... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there is always some truth to jokes, and sometimes they are dead on. (laughs) I hate hippies. I can't help it. I'm going (laughs) to... I understand. understand. Hitler hated gypsies, too. That's... 
that's a little extreme of an <laughs> comparison, but okay. Yeah. I mean, Bora the... hates gypsies and Jews too, but the Bora yeah. didn't commit genocide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's correct. <laughs> yeah. But Ivan, uh, who is Steve Smith. And he's the uh, horny teenager character. Yeah, he's like um like the geeks in the Freaks and Geeks TV show. Like he's he, yeah. he and his friends are all geeks. And uh, actually, one of his friends is also voiced by Seth Green, right? The fat. Uh, I think I'm not sure. I know I think Steve himself is voiced by Scott Grimes. Who mm-hmm. also appears in the Orwell? Oh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Steve also has a Japanese friend that can't speak oh, English, yeah. but everyone understands. I think that's a good joke in the series. Right? <laughs> like he it's talks the, in Japanese in the Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's very surreal. Then, yeah. Then you have a fish who used to be a German. Uh, ski Olympian, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's my favorite character. It's an orange fish, yeah. I mean, it's a goldfish with the brain it, of a German, yeah, but yeah. the brain and accent of a German who has a crush on uh Francine, the wife of Stan. And yeah, I, I personally wow. love his uh, love his adventures and. Uh, the running gag about him is that no one gives a shit about him. Like, if there's a fire, and then everyone checks about every <laughs> single character except for Klaus, and he just every time he gets yeah. offended by that. Yeah. yeah. And then there is the alien, because uh, well, it's the CIA show, there is an alien in the house called Roger. Yeah, he has yeah. come from um, Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> now the American dad actually is not like Family Guy. Yeah, because he's the co-creator of this show, not the single creator. Yeah. and But there is the thing that I will talk about American dad. And uh, American dad has more structure, you know, has more uh, normal jokes that you would expect from a sitcom. Oh, yeah. Alien. And it doesn't have cutaways either. Yeah, it doesn't have cutaways either. And if I I read somewhere that it's a conscious choice, they stop themselves before they make a cutaway. (laughs) Yeah, they had to. I mean, they shouldn't have made yet another Family Guy show. They've been just... Yeah, which... Too similar. Yeah, which is sort of a sad thing in my opinion that American Dad after some point I think it's also made by Fox by the way I think yeah I think so too and uh, after a few years like season 7 8 it sort of started to become a lot more like Family Guy which is uh, well to be perfectly honest I I personally enjoyed the first six seasons more than uh, all all the rest, and uh, I have kind of stopped watching it. To be perfectly honest, I mean I watch a few episodes here and there. To be, 
Yeah, but, perfectly uh, honest. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it lost its appeal. It's just the the pizzazz is gone. I mean, yeah. And I think one of the reasons that happened is not just because it became a lot like uh, Family Guy. This uh, this show too. Uh, Roger used to be just this really like he would keep a grudge till his death. I mean, one of the running. Uh, gags uh, about him was that he keeps grudges like you don't yeah. want to uh, like cross this guy and uh, yeah. and he was just like he was uh, confined to the house he couldn't leave the house without like a lot of precautions and all that and then he suddenly became a character that's just all over the place like he's an archetype and he he can like a like a video game character. He can become anything. Like he just changes yeah. his persona, and after some point, uh, he's just like all over the place. And every character, and at the same time, he's nowhere and no character. Like if you give a character everything, then you're depriving him of everything at the same time. And yeah. along with the low quality writing, in my opinion. This overpresence of this character kind of ruins, uh, ruins it. I mean, yeah. you can yeah. do it for so long. I mean, you can do it for a season or two, but when you've been doing it for like five seasons, I think, but it's just like you're, you feel like you're watching the same episode again and again. Yeah. In a different lens. And uh, to be honest, it's one of those little details. I don't know if anyone else remembers. The opening credits used to be different. Yeah, now and every they... every opening credits yeah. is like Roger has a different persona. Yeah. yeah, which is which is the problem. Even they they actually want it that way because Roger is more marketable. I guess. I think they're just trying to uh, make him the face of the show instead of. Uh, yeah, they're trying to make they Roger they named it after the, uh, the Stewie of this show. They like wanted the him most... to be the first character, but now Roger, I think they want Roger to take place. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I personally, I mean, I was just watching the first like six seasons or seven seasons to everyone, but after that, yeah. not so much. So. I mean, they had yeah. some great episodes like the uh, Full Metal Jacket parody where uh, <laughs> Steve is... Yeah, what's the name of that? Uh, sickness? Anorexia, is it? Something like that, that you think you're fat. Oh, oh Stan I had that. Know. That's a different thing, yeah. Uh, I think Stan went through that, right? Where he he thought he's getting fat, but in reality yeah. he was getting... He fat. Yeah, yeah skinner, super skinner. Yeah, and uh, and even the the episode that uh, Francine loses her memory and Stan tries to uh, get her love again. Oh yeah, that is so. Good. <laughs> yeah, that was really good too. The squirrel hitting. <laughs> yeah, and on that level, let's just uh, since we are going to talk about other stuff, McFarlane also did. Let's talk about our favorite episodes of each show. Oh, yes. So I was um, going there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk right now for about uh, American Dad because that was the topic 
Uh, one of my favorite episodes, which is one of the uh, somehow fucked up episodes, is the one that Stan um, creates a robot to uh, take. Uh, he he became a girl that uh, dates uh, his son to. I think it's prom <laughs> or something. Oh, and he's yeah, like yeah. having <laughs> he's having yeah. sex with him at the end. I, yeah, I that's really yeah. disturbing. It's a disturbing. <laughs> it's a hard image to shake out of your mind. It's like, yeah. wow, and it's gonna what stay like, there. What I like about that was um, on the side, um, Roger and Klaus, they're uh, starting a limo service and <laughs> Roger starts yeah. holding a grudge uh, uh, on those guys and he wants to kill them and he kills yeah, all yeah, of yeah. them with a limo, like one of them uh, on an That's airplane and you see yeah. <laughs> he's on the wing of the airplane with the limo and he's, this, everything explodes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great episode. Yeah. I personally think my favorite episode is the episode that uh, they Roger himself asks the family to roast him, like a roast session, and oh, they roast yeah. him. But yeah. he isn't mature enough to take it yeah. like a normal alien being, and uh, they end up uh, they like they try to put him in the most secure and the most isolated uh, prison in the world and he kills all the guards creates a kind of a boat from the bones and the bodies of the people he has killed <laughs> and then when the the family realizes that they try to escape to the moon but he like hugs the spacecraft and goes <laughs> to the moon with them like that episode was like the just showed yeah. the extent of his grudge keeping abilities yeah. like he never buries the hatchet like he just <laughs> keeps the hatchet in the open yeah. my my favorite episode is actually another steve dating one steve <laughs> and his friends not they make two clones and uh, <laughs> uh, since they don't want it to be weird Snot goes out with the clone of uh, Steve, and Steve goes out with the clone of Snot. <laughs> at some point, it becomes a Blade Runner parody. <laughs> Stan has to hunt down these clones and kill them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there is this joke I love. Stan is sitting on a couch with one of the girls, and... Uh, he he asked the girl, "How old are you?" The girl says, two days." <laughs> I don't have a belly button. Oh, <laughs> then he takes out his gun and kills him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what about um, Family Guy? <laughs> um, I think the episode is I uh, the episode that I have watched the most is the episode where. Brian Stewie gets stuck in the bank storage part. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, Stewie and they both get drunk, and <laughs> uh, Brian <laughs> tries to pierce his ear, and like, yeah, and the background of the the background picture of Stewie's phone, like a six pack, <laughs> where he tries to instead of asking for help, tries to return a. Uh, cardigan was it or jacket or something like that 
It's just. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that would really be a good episode. The name is Brian Stewie. That's the <laughs> the whole thing is just the name is Brian Stewie. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. So that's my favorite episode, I guess. <laughs> what about um, you, Sway? For me, I I I I liked few um few um I'm sorry, saying South Park and um, Family Guy episodes. Um, one of them that's uh, when I think of Family Guy, uh, what um comes to my mind first is that uh, bird episode that is just, it just I think it's uh, carved into my brain that song right now because uh, of all the, the trash man. man. Uh, bird is the word episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that he meets Jesus, but um, my... Jesus Christ and the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, one of my fir- my favorite episodes, um, as we talked about it before, is the uh, North Pole episode. That is, uh, I think, one of the oh, yeah, best yeah. episodes, and that is again one of those episodes that it's. Uh, Brian is two on on yeah. the center. So far, three Brian is two episodes. Yeah. And uh, well, my favorite one is actually a special one. I don't know if you remember that. It's then there were none left. That's the name of the episode. Uh, where they go oh. to the house thing, and yeah. everyone gets yeah out. yeah, and James Wood's house. Yeah, yeah, and it's to uh, it's to hunt down the woman that's trying to kill Lewis. If anyone's gonna take that yeah. bitch down, yeah. it's gonna it's be gonna me. Be it's me. Gonna be me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that story a lot because first of all, if you don't know, that's the parody of a Agatha Christie story. Called, yeah, I know, uh, I know. Yeah. I can't say the name because uh, it contains the N word. It's ten little N words, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, ten little African Americans. Yeah, <laughs> and then it changed to ten little Indians, and then it mm. changed to, and then there were few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is and more politically correct. <laughs> something about that episode is that uh, they've actually uh, asked, uh, says himself, that if you want to keep one episode of Family Guy to be always. Uh, like left forever what's gonna be and he said that's the episode the uh yeah it's a great episode and uh yeah one of the jokes that i really liked i mean it has a lot of jokes in that episode but uh the wardrobe of stewie and he was wearing shorts and it was kind of awkward and he (laughs) was self-conscious about it (laughs) that was really good and i think it was the maybe the only episode that They've actually killed those people. That uh, the people they killed. They oh yeah, they killed Mort um, Goldman's wife. The, uh, yeah. Donna Simmons. Uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah. I think they they never came back. The... Not as far as I know. No, not even ghost style. I don't know why. We yeah, forgot to talk about Tom Tucker and the uh, Trisha Takanawa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing honest, there. A lot of characters. Yeah. Uh, you have Seamus, which is one of my favorite characters, who is a sailor who is basically <laughs> good. He has or two the... wooden legs and two wooden arms. <laughs> uh, what's the name of the pervert old guy? Herbert. 
Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. He has a crush on. And he's also one of the uh, great episodes that uh, Uh, there is another the the Nazi guy uh, comes move uh, next to his house. Yeah. 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 Chris becomes his (laughs) friend and (laughs) he go finds Uh, him. The episode that uh, I think Peter puts a video camera in Chris's room. And we see what happens during the night oh, to Chris. Yeah. Like Peter himself puts his hand in a like a bowl of water and he pees himself. And then Herbert comes. And <laughs> <laughs> he does a painting of him, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he paints Chris. And like <laughs> Lewis uh, takes his wallet. I think takes the money out of his wallet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think he himself puts it there. Oh, hey, I remember it. Chris puts the video camera. To see if he can uh, prove that uh, the evil monkey exists, and then he oh, sees yeah, the all this footage. Yeah, and he sees all this footage, and he's like disappointed that he didn't catch anything <laughs> of value. Like, he oversees yeah. all of that fucked up stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I think it's uh, we should move on because we've already yeah. passed the one hour mark. Oh, and oh. let's uh, talk okay. about his singing career. And well, first of all, oh, yeah. a lot of Family yeah. Guy itself are musical episodes, and a lot of music is. Uh... Yeah, the episode that Soel actually said when they go to North Pole is a musical episode, and it has yeah. a ton of good songs like "Christmas Time Is Killing Us" or "All I Want for Christmas Is Here." <laughs> Yeah. To be perfectly honest, uh, Seth is so much into musicals that I, up until a few, like a few months ago, maybe, I thought uh, he has studied uh, music, not uh, yeah. graphic design and all that. I mean, if you remember, he's, uh, when he was the host at Oscars. Yeah, he... 2013, was it? I think so. I'm not sure. But he mm-hmm. sang a lot in that too, and he actually, yeah. the theme for that year was music, and uh, he sings like Frank Sinatra. And yeah, his I Frank Sinatra-esque think... style. Yeah. yeah. And if you see the animated movie, which I don't know why you would sing, he's the yeah. little mouse in that that sings My Way. Yeah, the little mouse. And uh, in that uh, animation, uh, the little mouse is supposed to be, I think, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be that has mafia connection and sings uh, laid back jazz songs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the style of um, McFarlane. If I remember correctly, he even studied under the same people that Frank Sinatra studied under. Nice. And he actually has um, solo works as a singer. I mean, you can go yeah, to yeah. like Spotify and just look up Seth MacFarlane and he has a few, uh, I think. Yeah, he has He has an album, I think, called In the Full Swing. I actually have that album. And he sings the condition of almost like being in love, the Nat King Cole song. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, and we forgot uh, to uh, mention the 
wide, wide and wide, boy, a wide range of uh, voices he can do. I mean, I oh, don't yeah, yeah. think uh, there's a voice actor that has voiced that many different characters so good. I mean, in a very good way. And uh, I mean, yeah. Stewie, Peter Griffin, Stan Smith, uh, Roger, and Quagmire. Uh, uh, yeah, Brian. Quagmire, yeah. Quagmire. Uh, Tom Tucker. Yeah. Tom Tucker, uh, yeah. Dr. Hong. Uh, and who is father of uh, the father of Lewis? Uh, uh, Carl Peter Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, Carl Peter Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the weird thing is, if you watch his shows, and uh, I mean, with a without the knowledge that he's voicing all these people, chances are you're probably not gonna realize that. I mean, he does it so yeah. good that it's kind of not. Uh, you, yeah. it's hard to realize. I mean, you have to know this to pick up the few details about his voice that uh, give it away. And yeah. that's, yeah. of course, exactly like Justin Roiland <laughs> and his great <laughs> job of voicing everything like <laughs> Rick and Morty. For those yeah. of you who don't know, go listen to our first ever episode, which was about yeah. Solo Up. Talk yeah, Roland as a voice actor, <laughs> and, and well, let's talk uh, about his other works to Seth MacFarlane. For uh, those just, of you who uh, don't know, uh, one oh, thing yeah. before we uh, move past uh, South Park is that uh, then we were talking about. <laughs> oh my God! Why I keep saying South Park? We're gonna have to do a South Park episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. About the voice actors. Uh, were that um, firstly um, um, they've asked uh, Seth Green that how he came up with the voice for uh, Chris and it is based on oh, yeah. uh, Buffalo Bill on uh, The Silence of the Lambs and they actually <laughs> parodied one of his scenes in one of the episodes yeah you're so right yeah. I've forgotten all about that yeah, yeah he talks he puts the po- uh, lotion in the basket or he gets the hose again they parodied yeah. the uh, would you fuck me, I would fuck me scene, which is one of the weirdest scenes in the yeah. movie itself too. <laughs> the Buffalo Bill uh, dances and uh, <laughs> well, he talks his penis to looks like a vagina. It's a weird scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, Quagmire is the, uh, he said that it's like 50s announcer guys on yeah. the radio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's where it came from. And one funny thing is that um, uh, I forgot the name of the actor. Who is the uh, father in uh, Shameless? The Frank. Uh, Frank William uh, H Macy. Oh, yeah. yeah, he uh, he actually auditioned to become Brian's voice, but at the end oh. he decided to go with uh, <laughs> says himself. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it would have been a be different Brian. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Ex- an interesting Brian. Yeah. Yeah. William but H. is actually a very good actor, by the way. Just saying. He doesn't yeah. get enough recognition. Yeah, I mean... Uh, he was in Fargo, too. He deserves, like... I know we have Emmys, but he deserves an Oscar just for Frank <laughs> and Shameless. I mean, yeah, yeah. that acting is just... 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I personally can't look at him and not think of him as a homeless person. I, I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a homeless person who is acting like an actor. <laughs> That's how good he has played that part. <laughs> well, we we need to do an episode on Shameless too at some point. Yeah, definitely. But let's yeah, so move on to talk about his movies yeah, and his TV show, not cartoon TV show. I mean, yeah, movie, the old, not movie. What? Uh, live action. We call live, it action. live action. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the term I was searching for. <laughs> live action. So, um, movies, uh, he made three as far as I know. Yeah, he, he has only made more. three. He has appeared he in more, ten. but he has uh, created only three. Yeah. He made Ted, which was an okay movie. To be honest, I liked it a lot. I laughed a lot. Yeah, I mean, it and... falls in the same category as a lot of stupid, mindless comedies uh, in the American Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harmless, stupid comedies. Like, yeah. a lot of Ben Stiller. It's, it's the same level as uh, Dodgeball, an underdog story for me. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Just... And I watch it's it a, and I forget it's about like, it. It's like something you would do when you have a few friends all food from out and... Uh... You want to just, you know, you drink and then you want to watch something. It's just really lightweight and something to, yeah, something that yeah. you can enjoy with a group of people and laugh. Yeah. But then he made two awful movies, <laughs> Ted 2, which I don't want to even talk about because it is so. Uh, yeah. yeah lazy and I do mean it's so lazy that I don't know I think I don't think even they wanted to make it they just made it because the first head made money <laughs> yeah it's just huh? I mean the second uh-huh. one has just like at most 15 minutes of uh, salvageable uh, yeah material that you can just make a clip out of yeah, everything was so bad yeah. about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is a million ways to die in the West. To be honest, I was Starring looking forward to that Liam movie. Neeson. Yeah. Liam Neeson and Charlie Sparrow. What Strong. the f- yeah. fuck? <laughs> and uh, Neil Patrick Harris. I'm on the stupid. Patrick Stewart is in it. Yeah. Ian it, McGregor. It, it, it has a it story cast. Yeah, yeah it, it makes it Django, uh, Django Unchained joke in the end. But yeah. For those of you who don't know, A Million Ways to Die in the West is supposed to be a Western comedy. And for someone like me who loves Westerns, and, and it was the who perfect opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it is one of the worst comedies you can ever watch. It is horrendously funny. It is so poorly made. The only redeeming quality of this movie is that I'm sure future generations can look at it and see how not to make 
Western comedy. In a way, it's like the movie that uh, Larry David tried to make. What's the name of it? And it's oh. bad that he himself even uh, makes fun of it in Curb Your Enthusiasm. It has grapes in it or something. It's just, it's I, amazing I think... how someone who created, uh, co-created Seinfeld, and then uh, after that shit created Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's uh, it's amazing how you look at Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, and then you see this, and it's from the same person. You're like, what went wrong? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the same about Ted 2 and A Million uh, Ways to Die in the World. Ways to Die. Yeah, the it's thing, just... Uh, the thing that is that I can look away from Ted 2 because it's a sequel. The first one yeah. made money. You're supposed to make a second one. A Million Ways to Die in the West was supposed to be an original IP. And... Uh, and I personally think it had a not great, but good start. Like, the first 30 minutes are not terrible, in my opinion. But yeah, like, yeah there is, there is the, the shock jokes that you expect from Seth MacFarlane. Put like the, the ice part. Move. I really yeah. laughed at the ice part. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. sheeps. <laughs> the sheeps. Uh, the you joke know... I remember, which they put in the trailer also, is that put the tooth under your pillow and the tooth fairy will give you a dollar. Then the next day he wakes up and his father has put uh, sheep shit under his pillow <laughs> because it's a wild west and nobody cares about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it has a few, like, it's, it's a good comedy routine. If he was to do stand-up, a lot of what he shows in the movie would have made people laugh like to enact a westerner like a wild westerner stereotypical yeah. character see a hundred dollar bill for the first time or like things like that but when you actually try to make a movie out of those uh yeah, ideas the like thing that, the thing that people don't really understand is that uh, the thing about Seinfeld, Seinfeld was based on Jerry Seinfeld's routine. Yeah. And Everybody Loves Raymond was based on uh, Ray Romano's routine. But none of them are just saying stand-up jokes. There is a scene in A Million Way to Die in the West that is just Seth MacFarlane talking for 10 minutes, saying that it's a wild west, everyone dies. Look at those guys. They work in the coal mines. They have no taste buds, so they drink a lot of spicy shit, and they thought they died. Yeah, it's literally ten minutes of these jokes, and uh, and it's not to say you won't laugh. You will laugh here and there, but it's just so lazy and so uncreative. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and it actually shows why a comedy routine needs to be adapted to screen you can't just or remain a it. comedy routine if you can't adapt or, it <laughs> yeah exactly there is a reason we don't have george collins um language routine appear in a movie we go and watch george collins stand up <laughs> yeah but uh given that uh we're short on time uh, let's talk oh, yeah. about the orville and the orville. then finish it yeah yeah and the you're the only is... one who's going to talk because 
other people on the podcast have watched it. So there you go. Yeah, I, well, I didn't. Imagine I didn't this... even know that uh, Orwell existed until oh, I think no. a week ago that I heard they're gonna make the new season. I was oh, <laughs> I didn't know that he's working on yeah. such project. <laughs> I thought it's the first season. It's something new that is coming up, but. It, I checked it's like from 2017, oh I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah 2017. And to be honest, the show has a very bad marketing campaign. So this is my pitch to you. The first episode of the show is very shitty. It's made mm. by Bro, who has enough shit in his career to balance the good stuff he's done. And uh, <laughs> it started, at least you think, because all the marketing and the first episode wants you to think that it's a comical version of Star Trek like oh it's Star Trek but with jokes uh, it's not like that at all it's literally a Star Trek clone it's it's serious at sometimes it has jokes but the same way the next generation had jokes Star Trek the next generation and it stars Seth MacFarlane, and he's a captain of a ship called USS Orville. And he has a crew, and it's literally a Star Trek clone. And again, to my it's better than the actual show that is the name of Star Trek, Discovery and Picard. It is much better than them. It has well thought out characters it has well thought out character dynamics interesting episodes there are a lot of good adventure there is a lot of good humor there is it feels like a star trek show in the best way possible when you watch nice. it you are having fun yeah it's a good show and i highly recommend it don't judge it by the first episode. The first episode, it's literally the worst episode ever. <laughs> and, uh, but... What a great first yeah. impression. Yes. And first of really disheartened a lot of people, including me. If I, it wasn't OCD to watch the rest, I would have given up on it. And then I would have missed some of the best episodes of a sci-fi um, well Star Trek clone that is actually a good reminder of what a Star Trek epi- uh, show should be like okay yeah I hope I sold it to you to go and watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm gonna check it out um, I think it's gonna be fun yeah okay uh, and uh, i think we talked for a long time <laughs> yeah i think this episode is gonna be like an hour and a half long uh one oh. hour and a half okay i think this episode is going to be an hour and a half long oh jesus <laughs> yeah well, I think how, I like how I uh, at the beginning you were going for twenty minutes, thirty minutes episodes, and you started with an hour. And we actually and managed to cover two subjects in an hour, and yeah. now we can't we can't even cover one subject. 
Although to be fair, yeah. it was one person and a lot of shows. I mean, we Who talked about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked about like five shows and movies and music. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, and um, I think it's time that we bid the farewell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, fun and nice talking to you guys and. Uh, Thing. To recap, I think uh, you should watch Family Guy. It's a good show, and yeah. you should watch it in its entirety. The first few seasons are gonna be a bumpy road to watch, but nevertheless, <laughs> uh, it's still watchable, I think. And yeah. uh, American Dead watched the first six seasons, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watch Ted Cleveland show. <laughs> yeah, stay away from Cleveland and show. Watch the Orville. Yeah, and watch, watch the Orville, and uh, yeah, that's it. So generally, Seth MacFarlane has given us a lot of memorable moments, and he has made us laugh many times for many years. And yeah. for that, we want to thank him. Of course, he will never, <laughs> never listen to the year of. Yeah. Seth, uh, if you're listening to us, thank you. And if you're uh, listening to us in 10 years that we have become famous pedophiles, <laughs> oh my god, I have to cut <laughs> oh this part god. out. Yeah, this, yeah. this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least say famous genocide leaders. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay, go again. If you listen in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. We will. Uh, include this part in the <laughs> podcast. Uh, and who gives a yeah. shit? Who even listens to this? Yeah. And then you're not For 10 years from now when you get famous, someone gonna resurface uh, this podcast. <laughs> oh, uh, this guy. <laughs> if they yeah. miss the the comedic <laughs> tone in our <laughs> jokes, then uh, I maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> consider themselves journalists or whatever okay so um goodbye and that's it and for uh, me so long yep. farewell afidezen goodbye uh, and just a simple goodbye from me <laughs> <laughs>